Amen. Let's open our Bibles, please, to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, the book of beginnings. And we're going to look at, uh, use our Bibles tonight, so keep them open. Turn to a few other verses. But we're going to begin reading in verse 14. Uh, Genesis 3 and verse uh, 14. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So, if you look at the end of verse 14, it says, And dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. This is the judgment upon the serpent. And then the end of verse 19, it says, For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. We're going to look at some other verses, but tonight we're going to begin a study on ashes and dust. I think this is very interesting. Um, so please listen. Uh, this might be new to some of you. Um, but uh, have an open mind let the Bible interpret itself ashes and dust let's pray Father we pray that you bless the message uh, we yield your spirit we pray that we truly study to show ourselves approved unto thee help us to put aside uh, shallow thinking puny theology help us to rightly divide the word of truth Help us to see that Thou art the eternal God, the everlasting, the Alpha and the Omega, the Ancient of Days, who always was and will be. And help us to understand our mortality, uh, the frailty of life, and the corruption of uh, the flesh. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Ashes and uh, Dust. So many people have a casual reading of God's Word, and when they do this, it becomes all about them. Most people filter life, anything that happens to them through selfishness, and then they, they limit even that to whatever happens, how does it affect them, um, how does it pertain to them, but when you see the big picture of the Almighty God, you realize that God is eternal. So God always was, He always will be, 
When Moses asked, whom do I say sent me to Pharaoh? He said, you tell him I am. So the ever-present, eternal I am. But most people have a very limited scope of life and what I call a puny theology because their God is a puny God. Uh, we, we have uh, traditional funerals and uh, very sad, but uh, we'll always say ashes to ashes, dust to dust. What does that mean? Where do the ashes come from? That's a very good question. I remember a couple funerals back, the funeral director, he knew Spanish. I, th I think he said, uh, some of you correct me, pinche de la terracotta or something like that. A pinch of dirt. Uh, I don't remember what the dirt was. Terracotta is red dirt from New Mexico. But it was something like that. Pinch of dirt. And you, you, know, you throw it on the casket. Um, and it means a lot. If you understand, uh, they're dust. They're going back to dust. They were made from the dust. We are dust. One day we will return to the dust. So when we look at Genesis, the book of beginnings, when the serpent came, and I want you to open your mind and think a little bit, and if you haven't ever heard this, uh, I don't blame you. It may be new, a little bit strange, but if you're open-minded and let the Bible interpret itself, you can see this is very, very clear, very, very true. When, when the serpent comes, first of all, he can talk, all right? Eve can understand him. They're conversing with the animals. Secondly, he is erect. He's walking on two legs like we would think of as a dinosaur. And he is not eating dust. Obviously, he's eating something else at this stage. And the next thing I want you to realize is that he's already the devil or Satan in Genesis 3. So he did not fall and become the devil uh, after God made Adam and Eve to replenish the earth. He had fallen sometime previous to that. So, you know, if you look at this, the chronological order, uh, it's very obvious that this happened. I don't know why your average Baptist who claims to be a fundamental Bible believer, they, they don't think about these things. They, they never even consider it. But after the serpent tempts Eve, she yields. She gives to Adam. He willingly disobeys through the influence of his wife. The serpent is judged. He loses his legs and his eating diet and now he is cursed to crawl on the ground his belly and he will eat the dust of uh, the earth so you see this degradation of the judgment of sin uh, he's the great red dragon in the sky he's the leviathan in the sea he is the serpent on the earth he was the erect walking serpent eating something other than dirt now he is licking the dust. And, you know, you'll see that tongue come out. I always think about what type of life it would be to be ground level. And that's your perspective. No erect perspective of height. But he's eating the, uh, the dust of the earth. 
Now, Brother James gave a great study on uh, dust and gold, gold dust and the gold of Ophir. I'm not going to go into that. Um, uh, I hope you heard that. But we know that at some point in time, our bodies were probably higher quality. You know, when Adam and Eve were, were created to replenish the earth, there was some element of gold in the makeup of their, their flesh. And uh, a lot of verses that, that talk about gold dust. But through time, uh, through the sin and the procreation, all these things that have gone on for thousands of years, uh, the human body has become depleted. And, and what God made it originally, even though it was dust, now uh, it's depleted dust. You know, if you think about uh, nutrients you can put in the earth, different types of fertilizers, phosphorus, all these things. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people, they're depleted. And one of the reasons is, is that humanity has cursed the ground because they have violated the Sabbath. So biblically, you have to let the farm fields rest every seventh year. And the purpose of that is to let it rest so that the nutrients will be restored. But uh, we're too greedy through modern manufacture, technology, uh, the love of money. They never let the land rest. And so the land is becoming more and more and more depleted. And it still is not proven that the body can assimilate vitamins it's it's pretty good sales pitch you know here's some vitamin d you're supposed to get vitamin d from the sun uh you know all these different vitamin a and you know well and people want to take a pill to solve their problems and i'm not i'm not saying that it doesn't work but we don't know for sure that it does it's a pretty good sales pitch though uh, but you know we need restoration of the minerals that we were made out of the dust and all of the physical problems or some lacking of some mineral or something in that comes from the earth that causes physical illness, health problems, organ failure, organ imbalance, and you have this breathing. So remember, if you go back, and I want you to look at chapter 2 of Genesis, book of beginnings, look at verse 7, and it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the, of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So you have the body of dust and then breath, or the oxygen which you intake that helps your lungs and your heart pump the blood and the kidneys function and you have all the organs as God made us in his image functioning uh, properly for proper health now remember in those days there was a firmament around the earth a canopy and it was a greenhouse effect so the ultraviolet rays of the sun did not penetrate and the sun is what kills us the sun is what shortens our life and back then they were living 100, 800 years. You know, long time. Now, uh, three score and 10, maybe four score. 
even beyond that is uh, a miracle, but still it's a very short lifespan compared to what it was back then because the, the body was made of better earth, not depleted earth because of the Sabbath being violated and better air and knowing how to breathe better back then and it's pretty simple but it's so simple most people can't get it it's so deep it's right in front of your face but most people will never realize it uh, why they have all these health problems so if if you understand this when the canopy fell after Noah's flood or during Noah's flood and the springs of the earth broke forth that firmament was no longer there to protect from the ultraviolet rays so it's the sun that kills us so Jesus is uh, the sun of the morning the morning star and he came to save us from himself so he came as the lion I mean, excuse me, as the Lamb of God slain before the foundation of the world. Notice that before God laid the foundation, Jesus was already slain in the eyes of God. And the second time, he'll come as the roaring lion of the tribe of Judah in judgment at the battle of Armageddon. So really, he comes to save us from himself. It's really amazing when you think about it, so that we will not uh, suffer the wrath of God. So we have the dust. Most of us pretty much accept that. You know, we're made out of dirt. Uh, if you don't believe me, wear a white shirt and look at the ring around the collar. You can take as many baths and showers as you want to. You're made out of dirt. Uh, so let's look now, if you would, to Genesis chapter 18. Genesis 18. And look at verse 27. Genesis 18, 27. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. So remember, this is where he's negotiating with the Lord over destroying Sodom and Gomorrah so that he could get souls saved and his nephew Lot and his family but he makes this amazing statement he said I am but dust and ashes who am I to talk to the almighty God when all I am is dust and ashes so the question is what does he mean by ashes where do the ashes come from if we're made out of ashes and dust what is the significance or the origin or the cause of the ashes in which uh, we are made. So this all goes back to what's called the gap truth. And I don't call it the gap theory. It's not a theory. Some people call it a theory. And there's a lot of theologians who have a whole, whole, whole uh, reputations to refute the uh, gap truth, or they call it the theory. And so they say that the earth is only 6,000 years old. And that uh, the six days of creation, God rested, and, and all these things. 
but when you study the Word of God and you let the Bible interpret itself, we know without a shadow of a doubt that between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, there was a period of time which is unknown to us, the secret things belonging to the Lord, but there was a world before this world. And that world before this world, we're taught much about this in the Word of God. Most people casually read it and overlook it. But there was a cataclysmic judgment. Satan or Lucifer fell and became the devil in the world before this one. Then there was a period of time. We don't know how long. Could have been eons of eternity. Million, we don't know. That's up to God. And then in Genesis 1-2, we have the recreation of the earth that was already created. And it was lying in a cataclysmic judge state. And the Bible says the earth was without form and void. And if you look at what Jeremiah said, just as a little bit of interest if you want to look it up sometime, the, 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 the word will never return void. So if God spoke the word and the world was created, something of nothing, the universe is what we call it, it'll never return void. Well, why was it void in verse 2? Because something had happened after verse 1 that was a cataclysmic judgment so it was lying in void. And there's other verses that I could show you, but this isn't a study on the gap truth. This is just by way of uh, introduction. But I was taught my whole life that the earth is 6,000 years old. There was, you know, and then when I first heard about this, it was so intriguing and interesting, and I began to study it. And my pastor told me, you know, get rid of that. That's garbage. Throw that in the trash. That's a lie. And a lot of Bible studies or Bible colleges reject this. And uh, seminaries, that's why there's cemeteries uh, where you go to die biblically and doubt the Word of God and correct the Word of God. But it's, it's plain and evident because just one reason. The devil was already the devil in Genesis 3. He didn't become the devil after Adam and Eve were correct. He was already the devil, the serpent, the tempter, the deceiver, the destroyer. Already was. So that happened in the first world. And then also, the ashes then are the evidence of the judgment when God burned up the first world. He judged it and burned it up. Our God is what? A consuming fire. So he judged the first world. It was ashes and dust. He started over in Genesis 1-2. And if you study it, there was already light. He said, let there be light. He didn't, he didn't make light. He, and that's a whole other thing. But the ashes then were a result of the cataclysmic fiery judgment. And then what does the Bible say? The earth is going to melt with the fervent heat. After Battle of Armageddon, after the day of the Lord, after the millennium, thousand year reign of Christ, after the great white throne judgment, heaven and earth will flee from his face and the earth will melt with the fervent heat. He's going to burn it again. So he will then remake it. 
eternity will begin. So, you know, it's the old saying, history repeats itself. And sad to say, your average person can't get it. You know, it's, it's that saying, same play, just different actors. Same things going on. So, just so you can have a little bit of a, a background, it tells us what happened in the first world. In Isaiah uh, 14, it tells you what happened. It tells you there was a church. Uh, Lucifer led the church service. His body was composed of musical instruments. He played. He was not only the organ, he was the organ and the organist. He played everything. And I think he took up the offering. I think he coveted the tithe. And he was lifted up with pride because he was so beautiful and so wise. God lived on the side of a mountain in the north. He said, I will ascend under the sides of the north. I will be like the Most High. And, but Jesus said, I saw Satan fall as lightning. He was cast out when he tried to ascend. But according to first, I think it's 1 Timothy 6, what is the root of all evil? The love of money. The, so how did Lucifer become Satan through the love of money, which was the root of all evil, because in the first world, I think he was just like Judas holding the bag and he was stealing the tithe and the offerings of the pre-Adamic people, and you can call it Adamites or pre-Adamic, those, those people in the first world that God made. He coveted that, and through the love of money, he became Satan. So the bringer of light became a false bringer of light, became the bringer of darkness, and he traffics forbidden knowledge. So he is a retailer. He buys low, he sells high. He has a shipping company, he has a trucking company. He's into retail, and he loves money. So that's all in Isaiah 14. And the Bible tells us also in Ezekiel 26 through 28 what happened. Through the prince of Tyre and uh, the king of Tyre and the coming Antichrist. But it tells what happened. After he fell through the love of money and was out of line, said, I will be like the most high, equated himself with God in the eyes of the pre-Adamic people. The Bible tells us, it tells everything he sold. He, it, it tells everything. It says he had ships. It says in the first world, there were cities, there were companies, there were shipping routes. It tells of all the goods that they manufactured. It tells about the, the minerals and the spices that they traded. And it, and it tells us that violence filled his heart and he locked these people up in a prison in the deepest part of the earth. Now, if you look at maybe the San Andreas Fault, it's supposedly, I don't know, that, that's, is that the deepest part of the sea? I'm not sure. Am I wrong? Not the San Andreas, not that other one. Yeah, the Mariana Trench, thank you. Some of you, you should be up here. Uh, but the Mariana Trench, I'm not sure. But that in the lowest part of the earth, he locked these people up, these pre-Adamic people. And something happened in where 
God flooded the earth. And if you read 2 Peter, also in the book of Job, it says God flooded the earth, drowned all those pre-adamic people in the prison. Then he covered the earth with darkness and it turned into ice, right. which, you, which would be an ice age. And then at some point, he burned it with fire, judged it all, and that's where we get the ashes in the present earth that God made Adam and Eve from the dust, but it also says, Job said, who am I to talk to God? I am but dust and ashes. And if you think about how fine it is, how powdery it is, just oof. And that's all we are. We're, we're nothing. All we are is dust and ashes kept alive by the breath of God that He lends us a, a spirit to breathe. And this, when you breathe your last breath, you'll go back to dust. You were taken from the dust, to dust thou shalt return, and all we are is ashes and dust. Remember that song where kids, all we are is dust in the wind? I don't know who, worldly song. Now you're worse than that. You're ashes, and you're not just in the wind. You're going down. So remember what happened. Uh, Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So gates, plural, when Jonah disobeyed God, didn't go preach to the Ninevites. He got on a ship and he was swallowed by the, the fish, the, the big whale, the fish. And it says he swam down and he saw the bars of the pit. He went down to the deepest part of the sea and saw this prison that, and he said he saw the bars. And then when he got right, he, he, the, the fish uh, regurgitated him onto the beach and he ran and did finally what God told him to do and then he was either exhausted or felt sorry for himself and sat down all he had was the gourd to give him some sunshade and then God says I'll show you what you really are and he shrunk and shriveled up the gourd but he went down there and saw that now do you believe this or not you say that sounds pretty far-fetched well it's a lot far-fetched that the Grand Canyon was, was carved in 6,000 years. And so it's, it's a lot more far-fetched when you look at all the other prophecies in the Word of God. Actually, takes probably more faith, if that's not the right word, to believe that than it does to believe the truth, which is the gap truth. Amen. So we don't know. You know, I... I collect prehistoric uh, artifacts. It used to be that uh, you had archaic and then you had the, uh, the atlatl dark points and then the bow and arrow were invented. But they used to say that paleo only went back 12,000 years. Now they're saying 30 million. <laughs> what, what a difference. They, they jumped from 12,000 to 30 million. Carbon dating is not accurate. You, you can't tell me that carbon dating is exactly accurate and you can base your whole doctrine and your, your hypothesis and reach a conclusion just because carbon, I forget, uh, 
changes at a certain rate, and you ha you can have a formula. Uh, nobody knows that stuff. So, how big is your God? How much do you believe Genesis, the book of beginnings? Because the devil was already the devil in Genesis 3. And all there was was Adam and Eve. Now, then, you know, then you have all those deep truths. Well, where did uh, Cain get his wife and all those great deep truths? Uh, we can go into that later. But it, it's all right there because when he fell, according to Isaiah 14 and also Ezekiel 28, there were cities. There was shipping. There was manufacture. How's that happening in Genesis when he's starting off with Adam and Eve? And not only that, the word is replenished. And that's why you got to believe the King James Bible is the word of God. King James means to, or the replenish of the King James, means to restore what used to be. It, it isn't starting over from scratch. It means there was a huge population. They were judged. They were burnt to ashes. God took some dust and ashes made Adam, caused the deep sleep to fall upon him, uh, took Eve and called him woman because she was of the man. And it's all right there. But, you know, we, we were taught things so we don't think it through. Then we read it casually. We overlook it. But this will open up your mind, hopefully, to the eternal God. You know, the next time you have a little problem, it's not that big of a problem. With God, all things are possible. He, he can do anything if you'll believe. But He could do no mighty works there. Why? Because of their unbelief. If you will ask in faith, nothing wavering. It is limitless what God can do. Why? He's the Alpha and the Omega. Now that's the Greek, the beginning and the end. The first and the last. The author and the finisher of our faith. Now if you would, please turn to Job chapter 30. Job chapter 30. And look at verse... 16. Well, verse 15. He's, boy, this is some torment. Terrors are turned upon me. They pursue my soul as the wind, and my welfare passeth away as a cloud. And now my soul is poured out upon me. The days of affliction have taken hold upon me. My bones are pierced in me in the night season, and my sinews take no rest. By the great force of my disease is my garment changed, it bindeth me about as the collar of my coat. He hath cast me into the mire, and I am become like dust and ashes. So look what is happening here when Job is rehearsing of the sorrows of the affliction of his life. And he says, you know, when your clothes start changing because you wear them, something's happening. You know, man, I put that thing on, I wore it a while, and the whole garment's changed. But he said he's become as dust and, 
uh, or ashes and, or, and dust. Now, I read you a verse, you don't have to turn to it. In Malachi 4.3, when God's people will get the victory and revival, it says, And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. Ashes. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Why is it that in biblical times, in, in Middle Eastern uh, culture, that when they were mourning or really sorrowful, they would put on sackcloth and throw ashes and dirt on their head because they were humbling themselves. They realized they came from that. They will return to it. And God is their only hope. And all through this, you have, on the other hand, you see how everything's going down? Ashes to dust. Dust and ashes. What's Lucifer say? I shall ascend. I shall be like the Most High. I shall ascend to the sides of the north. Yet, it says... Thou shalt be brought down to the sides of the pit where hell and, and the bottomless pit is paved with brimstone, which is it's, it's a certain type of rock that is porous and it holds a lot of heat. And that was the judgment. Now, Ecclesiastes 3.20, all go to one place. All are of the dust and all turn to dust again. Ecclesiastes 12.7 12, says that when the water wheel quits turning and when that wheel quits turning and the cord breaks and there's no pitcher to pour it down the front and there's no golden bowl to catch what's poured from the pitcher. It says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was. So, Ashes, dust, dust, ashes. All right, this is all introduction. Uh, we'll pick this up uh, next week. We're out of time. Hope you learned something. Uh, if this is new to you, don't don't shut it out. It's it's all in there. You just have to open up and study. Don't believe it because I say so. Go study it for yourself. Investigate. You'll see. It's an amazing, amazing history of the world in eternity. You know, let me ask you this and I'm through. If the earth is only 6,000 years old and God is eternal, never had a beginning, never had an ending, well, what was God doing before that 6,000 years? He was just up there waiting on this little 6,000 years to come along and then it's over and then... No, God, God is eternal always was, always will be. He's too great for our finite minds. So, uh, the just shall live by faith. Amen. Let's stand.